Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-Step Guide to Fearless Speaking at Doreen7Steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm a psychologist and host of the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And what I do here is invite guests who have stories to tell about either not having had a voice in their life or somehow finding it in other ways. It doesn't have to necessarily be through speaking. Today, I have a wonderful guest who has a voice through music as one of his ways of expressing himself. Hi. Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi, Doreen. It's wonderful to be here, and it's a pleasure to talk with you. I know. Well, you've written a bio, and I'm going to read that out loud so people get a better sense of who you are right now. James Cassetta has been a musician since the age of four, first studying classical music, winning competitions, and as a guest soloist soloist with the San Diego Symphony. James went on to explore electronic and ethnic music forms in an early 1970s, studying with a North Indian vocal master. James discovered his inner ear and true voice. Well, I have to take a big breath there. That's that's such a different um, take on finding your voice of anybody I've ever had on my show. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure people are going to be looking forward to hearing more about what that means, the the inner ear and true voice. And during this time, he started a series of musical journeys in the Southwest Canyonlands, deserts, and other remote and sacred sites, taking small groups of friends to share a dynamic and reconnecting experience with nature and their true self. And after 40 years working in corporate America and two startups, he has returned to offering transformational workshops and retreats all focused on nature as a gateway to our true self. Oh, what a mm. wonderful introduction. I think uh, people might not know that how I connected with you is through <laughs> the internet. And I think it was something about gateway to our true self that caught my eye. Ah, oh, right. You know, I, I just <clears throat> completed a summit in um, August of this year that was based on nature the gateway to the true self, and um, had some amazing guest speakers help uh, with me um, to broaden the perspective of nature in their own work, but also relate to the concept that it is a gateway to our true selves. I would think so. And I want to go on and explore that as a conversation because that's, that's the mystery. That's, that to me is the entrance into the deeper sense of our lives and meaning and, uh, what, what drives us on a much, you know, more soulful level. But before we do that, I'd like to get a few details about, you know, where you grew up and your family history. And of course, we're talking oh. about voice. <laughs> 
And, you know, when we're really young is when we first start using our voice and people respond or they don't. So what was your experience? Well, in a way, I guess I was very fortunate to uh, first be in touch with my voice when I was one years old. I, I remember this because we moved, we were in a, uh, my dad was in the Navy. We had naval housing and I was sitting in my front yard, one year old, gazing up through this incredible oak tree with the sun coming up behind it. And as the sun came through the filtered through the tree, it I, I just took it in. And there was a shift in me that I still remember to this day where it wasn't just feeling warmth and the sun light, but it was something that really evoked a different kind of relationship to being here on this planet. Uh, I, I define it now in that way. At the time, it was just, I became a big smile, <laughs> <laughs> like, filled with light and warmth. Yeah, um, like a, a wow. <laughs> yeah, know, Like exactly. an innocence, innocence of taking in the wow of being alive. So that was my first inkling of, in a way, being here, you know, for the being here now. Um, and I, I mentioned, in, in, as you read in the bio, that at around three, four years old, I became, well, I was, I, I started playing instruments. And what occurred with that was that not just playing tunes, but it was a connection to uh, the divine, essentially, for me. This sound became this portal or a transport to another level, another dimension of very much like what I was experiencing when I was one, but kind of enhanced. And then I started more formal studies at that point. Well, there, this is, this is a, uh, one of those dips in the elative um, life of, you know, Jim Gazetta. Uh, as I was growing up, my grandmother had this backyard that was like a tropical oasis. She had all kinds of plants. Everything she touched just turned lush and green. She had pets of, uh, you know, dogs, cats, canaries, finches, uh, turtles, uh, frogs, all in the backyard. So for me, as a kid, I was just really enthralled with being able to engage every day with life like this. And then when I was five, my grandmother got sick and we had to move uh, from the coast to inland because she had asthma. And the idea from the, the doctor was that we had to move to a drier climate, just the opposite of what is the best remedy for asthma, because your lungs being with drier air start filling up more with liquid or fluid. So, um, and then she passed within that next year. Mm. So it was a, a huge, deep loss. Uh, we moved to this place that was freshly uh, scrubbed farmland, covered now with asphalt, concrete, and stucco houses. Uh, the, and I just went, started my schooling at that point. Um, the kids were just the opposite of what I had been living with, the friends that I had prior. Uh, they were hurt kids who in turn hurt others, oh. each other. And uh, I just felt like totally isolated, you know. 
uh, my parents then gave me a decision to make. I could either go to parochial school or take music lessons. Hmm. Let me see. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I chose music, of course. And there, there, there went this kind of um, journey into music in a more formal manner. And I had some amazing teachers um, during that time. And then I came up here to the Bay Area from San Diego. Um, and I found Mills College, where I was studying with Terry Riley, Bob Ashley. And uh, Terry's um, master guru, I should say, in voice, Prandit Pranath. Um, Pandit was like a real enigma. He would he hardly spoke English, but at one moment I was walking towards the music department and saw him walking in my direction. And he turned to me and he said something about um it, 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 I forget exactly what it was, but it had to do with soprano and it had to do with singing, but it was purely in English, as though he spoke it as a natural language. The only time I'd heard him speak in English. And there were moments in this class with him, and I'll explain very quickly. You sit in a circle with the uh, instructor or pundit at one point in that circle. He will sing a, a line of a raga, and then you sing it back to him. It's a very rote process. And at one moment, I found myself singing with him for the first time a line, the next line in that raga, without having heard it before. Oh. So there was a, a synchronization that occurred, mm -hmm. and it just kind of threw me. I wanted to understand what was that about. But in continuing to study with him, and I might talk about that a little bit more, but um, I found my, I call it my inner ear. Um, now, I've been studying music for almost all my life, you know, at that point, and I accomplished some good things. But there was a very personal, intimate relationship with uh, what I call my inner ear, where all of a sudden sound resonated within me in a way that it, well, and I'm just thinking about this now, it was kind of similar to that experience when I was one feeling the sun coming through that tree and then filling me up with warmth and light. The sound was kind of affecting me in a similar way. And from that point on, it was like the world opened up to me in a very different way. Um, there was a sense of being in all my doing that I hadn't had before. And so this is kind of how I relate to my voice in this regard. Um, it, it launched the whole, what I call environmental series of music. I started inviting friends with me. We make music out in nature um, and use, in many cases, the found objects. We didn't, we didn't bring instruments with us. We use found objects out there and either made instruments like percussion instruments or in some cases like a flute and use those to generate a sense of sound communion with the environment. Oh, Jim, I have to uh, take a breath here. This is so fascinating, and I'm getting also how it relates to voice and what you're talking about, an inner ear, um, partly how we find a voice. We have to be listening, and mm. 
if you don't hear your voice, <laughs> if you don't hear what is the sound or the feel or the what you're talking more about today is the sensation of voice coming through you because it wasn't words. It was it was a a movement of some kind of energy, right? Yes. Yes. Very well put. I felt that. I felt that <clears throat> with my discovering my voice or my voice opening to me, I felt this connection with um, the energy that this entire experience we have is created from that moves through us continuously. And it's almost like surfing life in a way. There, there's a, uh, a sen- essence about that that is a one-to-one relationship with everything. And so I've, I felt like <clears throat> what was occurring here was a, a new vista in the way that I perceived my own life, the way that I engaged with others in my life, and how I engaged with, and this is where nature became such a, an important thing for me. Every time I was out in nature, meaning away from civilized metropolitan environments, when I was in that space of, you know, almost aloneness, it's it's not loneliness, but it's an aloneness that you, you uh, it's almost like an a electromagnetic force you enter that you're part of this. It's echoing through you. It's echoing around you. And you are also emanating that same energy moving through you into the environment so you're you're affecting the environment that you live in or that you're in at the time i so love I, I that like, phrase i love that phrase jim mm, the echo yeah the whole sense of this sense of uh, echoing within and how that echo moves through you and then the echo is heard uh, whatever <laughs> uh, whoever happens to be in the environment but maybe even it goes beyond whoever's in the environment right you know i think it it becomes part of that energy that you're surfing <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know it it continues If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. Let me share this story. Um, Pondit had um, related related this to me at one point. He he had an apartment in Berkeley, which was close to Mills College. Um, He was singing a raga that was about 300 years old. And... All of a sudden, he heard another voice singing along with him in the apartment. Well, he lived alone in the apartment, right? So there was no one there that he knew about, at least at the moment. And he kind of turned over to the side and he saw this, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I could describe it as an apparition. But I think to him, it was like he was in a room with the person who actually created the raga back 300 years ago. And the the thing about masters and mastery is not um, just the pure tentacle um, artistic uh, um, mastery of whatever it is that they're creating, but there's the transference of the essence of who they are in the moment that they are creating this that lives through that raga. And when a, a master on the other end, like him in this case, sings that raga with 
and our terms here are really strange. I call it perfection, meaning that he is in tune with the raga completely, and he's immersed in it. So there's no him and raga. It's all one. That That is a kind of a perfection that resonates through time. So that 300-year-old raga and the master that created it is now there with him. 300 years later, <laughs> singing. And so I feel like there's that kind of transmission that occurs when you when you do create from that, that um, perspective of true voice, true self. Um, and that has now become the foundation for all the workshops that I found that I um, kind of on this calling that I've had to bring that forth and share it with other people. And it also includes, because I know that when you when you are doing any kind of discipline, tools, methods, systems, even though they may have, appear a little bit mechanical, are really essential to, um, to really master the rudiments of what you're doing and help you with any mm, challenges you might find along the way. And so that's what I try to do here as well is embed a lot of those capabilities into um, the workshops and courses that I offer. Well, before we go on too much further from this idea of uh, sound or voice coming through ages, <laughs> I think that is something I have never heard of uh, about the alignment of, of voice and voice mm -hmm. uh, energy of a voice that uh, was you know, years and years. So it, it, brings to me the thought that for us here today, you know, our how we line up with ourselves and how what we, who we are, can move through time and affect people in the future. And I know that's kind of a, <laughs> maybe oh. a, a bizarre kind of, I mean, obviously right our children, <laughs> but, but uh, it just really opens me and expands my thinking about uh, how important it is that we do line up with a sense of what's true inside, because truth must have, you know, there must be an energy called truth that runs through through the universe. <laughs> I, I think your bizarreness is really perfectly on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I ascribe to the same belief in a way you know it's like experience i think is better word for it um and, and it's almost as though well you're familiar with aeolian harps you know like a a string instrument that has strings that are close enough that when you place it outside in the wind the the wind actually passes through it and vibrates the strings and it creates this wonderful uh you know, uh, just spectrum of sound and many cases, melodies, harmonies. In a way, our own personal voice is like that Aeolian harp, that if we are able to open up who we are to the that energy moving through the existence, you know, the universe constantly, that <clears throat> our voices are, are just the representation of wind passing through the trees, through the, or like the Aeolian harp, you know, we, we can have intention along with that to shape that. But I, I, I really believe that that is how this happens, how, how true voice and true self 
get resonated um, and carries through to the future. Because I've I've had other stories too of, of most mostly through the Indian raga tradition, where um, even spoken voice is heard while you're singing a raga. So you know I could be immersed in, in playing a tambura, singing, and I hear a voice that I'm not familiar with, but there's a kind of wisdom, a kind of um, I guess I'll use your terms here, alignment with the way that the universe is flowing mm -hmm. that can come through. And uh, some people call them downloads, some people call them many other terms, but it's it's I feel like that is a way that we can tap into greater wisdom, mm -hmm. greater knowledge as well, but also into who we are as hum a human being, a spirit having a human experience as a human being. Yeah, what I'm taking from our conversation today mm -hmm. already is the, that if I'm reading something or I'm listening to something that was written long, long time ago by, if you want to call him a master, it doesn't have to be a master, right? But words that I feel like move me, there's, I've never thought about it as being more connected to the source of where it came from. You know, it's the words, the words that, you know, wake me up and thrill me and inspire me. But now what I'm going to be doing uh, after talking to you is feeling more deeply into the uh, essence of where that came from or through, because maybe it wasn't even who wrote it. It it came to them through something before. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, and, uh, just to go back to the Raga for uh, for a while, Raga is about a 5,000-year-old tradition. So there's a lot of what as we call the masters during that time that are um, transmitting the ragas through across time, through each other. So there, there's when you tap into that flow, you become part of that flow. So there's a um, a belonging. There's a um, a sense of connection. There's a sense of um, who you are, not just as a being manifest or incarnated right now, but all the incarnations that you have moved through in your life. So it's it's something that just truly shifts the perspective of who we are and what we're doing here. You know. Yes. Well, this is a, a certainly a different kind of conversation than what most people have heard on Find Your Voice, Change Your Life, because mm -hmm. it really does deepen what this what this phrase means, find your voice. And mm -hmm. it's it may not just be your voice, it may be the voice of uh, wisdom or the voice of the soul that's coming through us. Um, thank you so much for opening up this deeper in exploration. I we're almost out of time, so I want to make sure and I, you know you talk about the workshops you're doing and you know how do people find you what what is something that uh, you can leave us with? So you know just just wherever you go right now about how we find you and what you offer. Well, that's great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so my company is called Journey in Two. Um, the, we're using a, a numeral 
two for the into part of it. Dot com is where you can get to my website. Uh, it's it's I'm just starting to redo the website now for this next year, and um, it's just about complete, but not quite there. But it has a lot of good information on it. Um, it talks about who Journey Into is. Um, talks a little bit about me, um, our intention, um, but also talks a little bit about the various workshops that are offered now and. One that I'm really excited about, which will be upcoming, I think, in about the February timeframe. Um, uh, so I'll, the three that I have offered right now are called Small Steps, Big Changes, which is a unique approach to mindfulness practice. Um, and it helps you increase awareness, uh, attention span, memory retention, but also get a, a deeper sense into who you are. Um, I think that awareness really reflects back on ourselves. Another one is deep listening, where, of course, you know, with music, I take that approach to really finding the way that we listen with our entire body. It's not just our ears. It's listening with every sense that we have available and using that to be able to um, understand other as well as ourselves. And it actually, we found in practice, it helps transform conversations or interactions that can be contentional and moving them to partnership. So it's moving from the negative to the positive aspect, the constructive. Um, and then the third one that I have offered now is, um, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was just working on the website with this. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So it, it's um, calling telling your story. Um, and this goes back to the Raga tradition for me. It's uh, telling our story or storytelling has been uh, how we communicated with each other from earliest mankind on this planet. Um, and we've only in the last 50 years moved away from that with the internet, social media, etc. So what I'm doing here is not trying to replace the new technology, but look at a way that we can use our own stories to communicate with each other, understand ourselves even better, and um, and also uh, perhaps use social media in, in a new way that can uh, embody a lot of the elements of storytelling. So um, kind of lengthen our ability to, um, for our attention span and, and other uh, benefits. Uh, this new one, which I'm really excited about, I call it Unleashing Your Inner Voice. <clears throat> it combines elements of the first three workshops, but adds some new methods uh, and kind of a new perspective on how we can find our inner voice and then actually use that. We have exercises, um, homework assignments that are going outside the course itself to do it in the real world so that you're embodying a lot of these elements as you're going through the workshop itself or the course. Um, and all of the workshops and courses have a following um, ongoing discussion group. So it's not just taking a two, three day workshop and then in three weeks, you've kind of forgotten what you learned, but putting it into practice and putting in a dialogue in a community that is that is resonant to a lot of the elements we've been talking about. Well, that's uh, a lot of you that you've, your wisdom and your uh, 
learning and your experience that it sounds like you bring to what you teach and uh, the whole idea of just being in your presence i think that that's that's what we're talking about today is that people really being in each other's presence in a way that enlivens i guess is a good mm-hmm. word that i yeah. uh, feel I with like you and that, in that uh, enlivens and inspires so Thank you for the inspiration today, Tim. Oh, boy, it's been my pleasure, Doreen. And thank you for the opportunity to talk with you and and share this with, with others as well. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person Doreen interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.